0: We play the contest again, Time Lord. And welcome to the Hooving Review. I'm Michael.
1: I'm Shelby. Colin is here.
0: And tonight we're going to dive into The Curse of Fenric. Ew. Which is the third story from season 26, the penultimate story of the classic era. Oh,
2: man. Unless you count the movie, it's kind of in between.
0: Yeah, I don't count that in classic. I count that in between. (laughs) (laughs) Um, although, in, in reality, it's all one series. So, uh, it's,
1: yeah. It is what it is, you know. Exactly. New who, old who. Who is who is who all related about. Yeah, who is the judge. So, the and, Doctor... And in this
2: one, we actually do see quite a bit of new who, you know, or elements that will later show up in new who in this.
0: Oh, absolutely. The shadow dimension is men- even mentioned in this.
2: Well, I meant more just about, like, Ace you know the character character and like all the stuff that went on and the way that the doctor treated her i mean we see that sort of theme come back in the god complex Mm -hmm. uh with matt smith and karen gillen with 11th doctor and amy pond um where they're trapped by a being that you know eats their faith and the doctor has to destroy amy's faith in him in order to beat the creature in the same we see the same thing here. The doctor mates a deal with this creature who, Fending. you know, can, can be... No, the other one, the, hum- the hemivore. Yep. Um That can be fended off with faith, and he destroys Ace's faith in him. To,
0: to make sure the Hemovore takes right takes its vengeance. Yeah, I, I think that there's definitely a lot. Not only that, but you also have such a large character arc with Ace in this particular story, where she basically has had a story arc that started in Dragonfire and has continued. Because there's all these little hints that something's up with Ace. She just didn't... Most humans don't just get into a time storm and then end up in another world somewhere across the universe. It just doesn't happen. Um, So that was kind of a a red flag right there. How in the world (laughs) did Ace get there in the first place? Suspicious.
2: And then when she started talking about the currents and the undercurrents in those... Episode that all seemed really creepy too
0: Yeah, it's I mean ace just has a really good character development and and her and her mom And yeah, and this is the first time in the history of the program where what the
1: timey-wimey twist of a circular <clears throat> loop for being
0: where the where, yeah It's the first time that the companion has actually had such a an integral part to the whole plotline and just not just this story but and so potentially of, their own lives
2: Right, because Mm -hmm. it's like if she hadn't been there to give her grandmother a place to go, then, you know, where could her grandmother go? Also, did she send her grandmother to meet herself? Like, is that... (laughs) Well, she sent her her
1: grandmother to, like, go and um, have her child grow up where she knew that she grew up.
0: Yeah, the house that she the house that she sent her to was what she called her grandmother.
2: Right. So she which is, so which is that woman that she's talking to. So she sent her to that house saying, yep. Oh, my grandmother will take care of you but she was talking to her grandmother, I think the same grandmother, not that, you know, both Probably. sides were there. So she really sent her to either an empty house or a house that was, like, already owned by someone else.
0: Who obviously took in her grandmother. Yeah, who, yeah, could have helped at the time.
2: Right, so it, it, you know, kind of begs the question, if Ace hadn't been there to do that, then... Would
1: Ace
0: she, even exist?
2: Well, yeah, right. would, would Ace, is, you know, yeah. I, I think that's what was clearly laid there out there and, here. She has,
1: like, kind of a circular
2: loop. Well, which is very odd in Doctor Who. Usually time travel is not done in that way. It's usually that you more can go back and you can change things, and they affect the future, not the things that you did because you time traveled have already, you know, affected your, your past and the future.
0: But that's what makes this that makes this plot so much more spectacular. Oh, it's
2: very compelling.
0: And it's finally a, a time travel story. We actually deal with not only ace doing time travel but we've got evil from the dawn of time which is quite a quite a name to go with right
2: we've got Vikings involved we've got ace falling in love with a Russian dude we've, we've got we've got, vampires. we've
0: got a very small British military force that's take that's helping dr. Judson who is looking into this curse that is surrounding them in this area including and we have a stern
1: point. old lady that might, <laughs> might be an even more dominant force
0: I know, oh my she God. Might, yeah. she,
2: I guess she was protecting this town all this, all this time.
0: Well, she certainly seems to have been. I mean, it's kind of an interesting way to do it.
1: All right. I, I have I, to say, so, some parts of this episode that I really love is your word just like Ace, you know, being like a, a you know, uh, sharing her computer science knowledge with this old diving guy. Like, oh, heavens.
2: Yeah, that God guy says. was great. And like, also the priest was great. Yeah. I thought that was a great story of, you know, he, him struggling with his faith and how that was actually, like, instrumental to his, you know, survival or lack thereof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely lack thereof. I think Wainwright really was kind of a compelling story. It did definitely, I mean, I'm sure that it probably had a little bit of a an eye roll from all the more religious people out there, but it actually is a very common thing even with people who are very faith-based they sometimes do question themselves and that there's and i think part of i mean i think in my opinion there's nothing wrong with questioning yourself but in his case he was truly questioning whether his faith was was reasonable
2: and it was it was interesting uh for the reason why you know it was when his own people, who he had also had faith in, started dropping bombs, and then it made him question his faith in everything. And you know that's pretty understandable.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's I, I really like the the whole the whole concept here. I mean, there's just so much that was put into this one story, but what was well because it was so well written, it actually everything kind of came together in the end.
2: Yeah, so, like, Ace was absolutely, like, brilliant in this. She was able to solve all of these problems, like, answer all of these riddles, just, like, totally was on the ball. But consistently, every time she did this, she made the situation worse.
0: <laughs> You'd think so. But,
2: you know, she, because she was being, you know, awesome in solving the doctor's chest thing that I had plagued and. You know, ancient being for seventeen centuries, <laughs> and she, you know, walked in and was just like, "Oh yeah, that's a logic diagram. This is a logic game. I know exactly how this works." And just like blew that guy's mind. And just like she, she looks at these, you know, ancient Viking runes, is like, "Oh, that's a more complex logic diagram, you know, for a computer." And like, it's, you know, she, she picks up this goo and is just like, "Oh, I could totally turn this into a bomb." <laughs> it's just like she's just on point, but then consistently because the Doctor has lied to her about what's going on, it makes things worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that, sh- that kind of brings a whole other element. The Doctor is being deceitful and very manipulative. I mean, the Seventh Doctor is known for being manipulative. But in this case, oh my goodness, he's manipulating everybody. Oh, and when you
2: manipulate yep. Ace, though, that's the...
0: that That's really tough. And that's actually a really hard scene to watch, because Sylvester actually pulls that one off, because he gets really... He gets really into the role at that point. I think Sylvester shines when he's downplays things. He does, and when he gets down into his deep voice, when he's trying to be yelly or shouty or try and be bigger than he actually is, he seems
2: like a screaming
0: toddler. Well, it it doesn't quite come off as effectively, at least back when when he was there for these things, but he's. He's so good at the the underplayed stuff, and I think that They're more stern than
1: you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, and well, also completely. I mean, I was believing that he was completely evil at that point. Once he started like trashing Ace, I'm just oh, like, I oh my god, I wasn't believing it
2: for a second. Of course, you were a kid when you saw this.
0: Yes, I was a kid when I first saw this. So, I mean, I was like, holy moly, what happened to and McCoy's doctor?
2: No, I was just like, nah, the doctor is deceiving. The doctor is much more comfortable with lying than with betraying a companion.
0: But it's so vastly different seeing him do that to Ace than from back in Dragonfire, where he's slipping on the ice and going,
2: whoops. Yeah, but (laughs) but it's not that different from what the sixth doctor does to Perry.
0: Well, I think that's even worse. Well, yeah, but I'm
2: saying, like, those are both very similar moments where the doctor, you know, is, you know... Well, okay, but except... Yelling at a companion and being terrible, except for it's not real. Well...
0: Um, it get, I guess it depends on which... Oh, you're talking about Mind Warp. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense, because I was thinking of uh, the Twin Dilemma, which would have been no, no, vastly it, different. No,
2: Mind Warp, where he, you know...
0: Yeah, none of that was real, or at least the Matrix seems to have been falsely giving us information there, so that's that's a good thing. But yeah, Colin and Sylvester both can play evil very well. matter of fact, I think most Doctor Who actors in the role actually do just just fine with the evil
2: well i think it's it's a quintessential part of the role because yes. the doctor is always pushing the limits including in life the limits of his own morality and you see him cross that line you know occasionally and you see him you know press against that line yeah, the best a lot. doctors need to be able
1: to do that too yeah you know, we see like a david Tennant and like jessica jones and that then, like, we, he
0: was really creepy in
1: that too, oh yeah, and then you know now more recently, you know we see Matt Smith as like a um Damon and uh you know the the game of Thrones oh yeah, you know, the um he was cool. also in the
0: last House of night Dragon. last yeah. night in Soho or whatever that yeah, movie was a complicated character. I think're
1: definitely you know a lot of <laughs> lot more easy. psychopathic identity. yes,
0: exactly, <laughs> um but yeah, I think uh getting back to this particular story, I think. I think Sylvester's acting really kind of comes out. And Sophie, of course, well, she's great in almost all her stories, but this one in particular really shines, in my opinion, um, as we've mentioned. Um, I should give out a, a quick shout-out to Jean and Phyllis, who are the two uh, girls that Miss Hardacre was, like, telling, telling them, you're evil for going to Maiden's Point. Um, that, those two also, I thought, did pretty well in this particular story. I mean yeah, they...
1: until they, you know, did like too much sinful behavior and lusted over Maiden's point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can I can understand that.
2: I mean it's just like also looking at <laughs> at it, like if she had presented that information differently, I feel like it would have been a lot more effective rather than just like screaming at these girls, It's evil, you're all evil people for going swimming, if she just been like Doko in the water because <laughs> Yeah, or or like you know how the doctor basically did it—just like, don't go in the water, <laughs> danger,
0: danger, 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 Bill Robinson. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then there's Nurse Crane, who of course was taking care of Doctor Judson. She's.
2: She was an interesting character. She
0: was a very harsh character. I, definitely, I mean, probably, I mean, if you think about it, this is World War Two, so I'm mm-hmm. guessing there's going to be some characters here that are looking, going to look out in a very harsh way. I mean, she typical, she's like a typical or a stereotypical nurse from Britain during a war who's really, like, dead set against any uh, nonsense.
2: Well, you know, and also I I I feel like, you know... I didn't even notice he was in a wheelchair until she pointed it out and then continued pointing it out consistently throughout the whole thing. And and that was just kind of an interesting conflict because you've got this guy who's like a super genius, you know, decrypting all of these German messages and (laughs) building his own computer and stuff. And then like just to have her constantly be like, oh, you're an invalid. You can't do this. You can't do that. And he's like... Lady, back off. I <laughs> just can't use my legs. And also, I
0: mean, she's right in the middle of de- of deciphering everything. She just takes him out of there. He's like, like, he's nothing. It's I like... mean,
2: she's, she's like, you know, the epitome of, you know, well-meaning uh, prejudice. hmm
0: <clears throat> Yes. <clears throat> what do you all think about Commander Millington?
2: Who, wh- I... I mean, he looked like <clears throat> a Nazi at first. <laughs> Yeah, especially with the backdrop,
0: I mean. Yeah, his his office. <laughs> what
1: else were we to think?
0: His themed office so that he could think like a Nazi. <clears throat> I um I thought that what was compelling about his storyline was that his connection with Dr. Judson is that they they have backstory that is also, again, from the past. So there's a lot of nods to things that came before this story. Um and I I like that. I like how there's there's all, so the characters many characters
2: are well developed.
0: Yes, but there's all so many references to what they've done, or what or where they've been. I mean, they were at school together, so.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds like it might be time to roll into ratings. All right. Well, I'm, I'll just steam steamroll right through. So there's a lot of good about this episode. I, I like uh, a lot of different characters and. A lot of good elements is and some of my favorites just throw it out there. Um, Stern old lady. Um, I like I like Heartache. the priest. Yeah, Ace was really shining through as well as the Doctor in this episode. Um, I loved how uh, the computer science band with Ace, you know, just coming in into the mix and again and again, you know, being a um, a, a badass um, throughout this episode um, is a continued arc. Um, I love I love the time twist of a loop that we got in the mix here. Sure. Um, I did find, you know, it was, it, I thought it was a slower start um, to this as well. I found myself, you know, um, a, a little bored, a little bit zoning out at the beginning, and then it, it really got rolling through the middle, and it um, it went to a really uh, beautiful place, too. Um, there, were, there were some, uh, I, I think there were some, you know, decent effects maybe for the time, but I definitely saw masks slipping and, <laughs> in fights, and... There's a few, you know, glaring things here and there when I just started to look and scrutinize right after that <laughs> incident as well. There's some scenes where I'm like, oh, man, if you just cut that off one second beforehand, I wouldn't just see that you were hovering and then just, like, trying to, like, spookily put your claws, like, a few inches away from somebody's head. It might look there was a little loop. more ominous. <laughs> there seemed um, to
0: be a but, little yeah. bit of that, yes.
1: Yeah, um... But all in all, this is a fun romp of an episode, especially for, for the classic era for me. this is gonna get an eight out of 10.
2: All right, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I, I liked this uh, I liked this episode a lot. There were a lot of great elements. I love Ace. She's such a great character and she really really shined in this one. Um, and the doctor too was was great in this. I, I like seeing, you know, the doctor being a little bit manipulative a little bit. You know, edgy. And this was great. Um, you know, the the play on, you know, the age-old playing chess against, you know, evil or death or whatever. Mm-hmm. You bring that back in. Um, I thought that was well done. I thought that it was an interesting uh, resolution on that. Of If you just basically change the rules of the game. And, um, yeah, I, I agree with Colin on this. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10 as well.
0: I think The Curse of Fenric shines on multiple levels, and I think what where this, where this actually stands out is writing. The author really knew what they were doing um, and, and how to etch out a whole entire story. I do agree that there could have been there were a little bit of slow parts at the beginning, but I think there's a lot of introductions that you have to go through. There's a lot of characters to introduce that because Ace and the doctor are the only two that we know. So we have to actually go through all the Russians, all the British, all the, and then Dr. Judson. And of course, Wainwright and everybody else. And I, I think, I think what what worked was the direction for the most part. I do agree that there were some sequences where the vampires were holding over these people in a over dramatic way that was probably a little uh, cheesy. But for the and yeah, we could have cut it slightly more editing style. Um, and I think with the movie version that they did back in two thousand three, I think they did do that to some degree. Um, but the. I mean, you've got Ace's grandmother and Ace and the Doctor and all these characters that are so well acted and so well figured out. And of course, I have to put a shout, put a shout out to Mark Aries who did the, the soundtrack to this particular one, which was pretty epic for Doctor Who at its, for its time. Um, definitely had um, a lot of like on-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of moments just with the music alone. Um, with that said, I think this story, uh, is probably Sylvester's, str- uh, second strongest story. Not quite, uh, the same as Remembrance of the Daleks, but I will give this an 8.5 out of 10.
2: All right, well, that's it for us. Uh, just as an FYI, we will be moving to another platform at the end of the year. Um,
0: Hipcast is unfortunately, and very sadly, um, leaving... The world that we know and love.
2: But don't worry, we plan on reposting our stuff um, at whatever site, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, and hopefully, iTunes will still keep working. We will see. And um, yeah, so, you know,
1: pay attention yeah, to stay that. Stay tuned, more to come. The Hooving Review will rise from the ashes. as the great Phoenix that it is. All right, good night, everyone. Good night. Bye.
0: <laughs>